You're walking along the street, or you're at a party, or else you're alone, and then you Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz singer Linda Pearl on the 2023 CD, This Could Be the Star. Again, she teams up with longtime collaborator and the brilliant music director, Ted Firth, for their fourth album together. The tunes collectively explore what happens when you stand on the edge and take the leap. Things go right, things go wrong. Love awakens, deepens, is lost, and yet inevitable. Born in Connecticut, she grew up in Japan, became the only foreigner to have been trained at the Toho Gino Academy. Over the years, her acting has been her hallmark, being Richie Cunningham's girlfriend, Fonzie's fiance on Happy Days, Matlock's daughter, Pam's mom, Steve Carell's girlfriend on The Office, along with a reoccurring role on The Bold and the Beautiful. And that keeps her quite busy. Yet jazz is the comfortable artistic home for her. We get into that and so much more. Enjoy this interview. It's great to see you again. The last time, speaking of like mayhem, the last time we spoke was in May of 2020, and we didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah. Oh, doesn't that just seem like a lifetime ago oh, now? Man, I, I kept thinking when I would talk to people during that, if someone would have grabbed me in 2018 and said, look, this is the political, social, and reality of your environment that's going to happen in 2020, I would be like... There's no possible way. That has to be uh, a book, a movie. Fiction. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> it's very bizarre. But the the beauty of what's going on right now is that you have a brand new album out. We're in a brand new era here. How does it feel to have a new album and just kind of the world's waking up? <laughs> well, it's thrilled. I mean, I, you know, just the fact that to do another one and with these guys, and this is uh, my fourth album with Ted, third with these guys in particular. And so the the patina, you know, effect is there. Of course, I I a benefit of their own patina because they work together in threes and in various combinations of twos so much with so many different artists, amazing artists. So, you know, there's all that history that you get to uh to draw from too. So it's fun. This one was a lot of fun to work on. We actually started working on the idea for a new album right before the pandemic. And I don't even remember what the idea was. It's not this. Yeah. And now we're in the middle of the pandemic and then kind of, you know, started, tried to move forward with it. But it was very hard because music needs to happen in real time with people being in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of inched along and, and then the pandemic was over kind of disorder for a moment and then it wasn't. And anyway, we, we, it was a long circuitous route to, uh, to coming up with this set list and this, this, you know, co- collection. And the, the we of it is, of course, Ted and then Deborah Grace Weiner, who's this brilliant, musicologist she just holds the great american songbook in her head and she for years ran a brilliant series at the 92nd street y called lyrics and lyricists and she's she has a um, sort of an updated version of that now going at dizzy's where she does shows several times a year focusing on an era on a composer on a singer and um so anyway deb is just one of the smartest people i know so I go to her with a theme and she sort of goes, okay, I think I can kind of sort of make sense of that. And that eventually t- 
together becomes the the patter for a, a concert. But you know, I'll give the idea to to Ted and to Deb, and then we each sort of come up with our list of songs that that we you know that might be right. And then we just hang out and we try stuff and we listen to stuff and we try in different keys and we try in different feels and eventually, very eventually, you know, end up with, with where we are. This one, I listened to a lot of Ahmad Jamal, a lot of Dave Brubeck. Yeah. And their, their works were very, uh, uh, instrumental and sort of inspiring feels that we were, that we were going to go with. We, yeah. We went very, percussion heavy on a few of them i just wanted some i don't know more of a connection to the planet yeah. <laughs> you know that and ray marchica there's nothing ray can't do so and in fact i'm kind of rambling here but no you're good the claves are on i guess blue moon and i really wanted them to be on this on this album claves came from when my mother had gone to cuba in the 50s and loved it. It was a big trip for her. She just, she had a great time. It was before I was born, probably, you know, her last hurrah before she was saddled with kids. And, uh, so she had these claves that I grew up with. And, um, I mean, she wasn't a drummer or a percussionist or anything. They were just sort of in the family music room. And whenever we were having a, you know, we would all pull out the tambourines and the whatnot and make ridiculous sing-alongs just with the family for years but anyway they've been sitting all by themselves in a little box and i thought these have to go to marchica so ray has them and then he brought them out to play on the uh on the album and the first time i heard it i just burst into tears it was like having mom back in the room with me it was fun yeah that is wonderful it sounds like so many good things were a part of this after we lived through what we lived through. And my question to you is, did you find yourself approaching music and art in a whole different way because of this introspection we all lived through with COVID? Did things change like that? They, I would say the main change for me was I, I had not realized how much I relied on going to live arts to help me process life. I've gone to the theater. We all have you know, to, for all my life. And, um, I just, first of all, it never occurred to me that there would come a day where you couldn't go. Yeah. Who could imagine that or go to a museum or go to an art exhibit or, you know, go to a ballet recital or, and suddenly when all of that was gone, I felt there was some sort of internal conversation or conversation with the subconscious and the collective that was just silenced it was like not being able to dream, you know, there's just so much of life when we most needed it, when we needed to be, what the heck is, you know, going on when we're all sitting in isolation for all those months. So um, that was the, was the main change. I, I think I'd like to think that at some level, I always recognize them as, as valuable and grateful to be a part of them to the extent that I have been as a journeyman performer. But as an audience member, wow, I will never take walking across the threshold of any performance space for granted again. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. I think it's necessary, you know, for all of us. I, I, this is sort of weird, but I had, um, this is years ago and I ran an international theater festival. And so my, my, one of my jobs besides going around anywhere and begging for money because it was a not for profit was I would travel the world a couple of times a year, take my little son with me. We'd have soccer ball and homework and off we'd go and we'd go to, to theater festivals around the world. And, and the first couple of years I noticed, I thought, Oh, it's just a funny coincidence. And then as it kept happening for the eight years that I was doing it, I realized, no, it's not a coincidence. And what was happening was that, so these festivals would be a compilation, like any festival, of work from around the world that had been being developed over the last year or two. So these artistic directors in, you know, Bogota and Moscow and Singapore had not been in communication with one another when they were creating their works, you know, but these works were, and then they were, they would be curated and and brought together. And the, there was such similarity, not all of them, but a good, you know, hefty percentage, 80, 90% of the works being done were sort of coincidentally about a central theme, like, where is God? Or what is, what is happening with immigration and migration? What is the fallout from that? And these would be plays you know, they, they wouldn't be the same, but they would touch on that topic. So what's happening with migrant workers in Southeast Asia? And what is the story of farmers being forced to migrate because of, of climate change? So there would be plays, some abstract, some dance theater, some literal narrative, sort of fictional narratives or docu-fiction, you know, narratives um, of these topics. And the only explanation was that there's a collective consciousness that talks to each other. And these ideas are in the ether and they're being massaged through the arts. They're being dealt with through the arts. So um, anyway, I, yeah. I, all of those reasons, I think it's, you know, and for whatever, you know, I mean, everybody just does their tiny bit and this is a tiny bit that we did, but you know, if this, if this album has a has a conversation for anyone with others or just in their own minds of what is it like to get lost or let's get lost and what is that journey like and how do you metabolize loss and how do you uh you know embark on a new adventure do you embark on a new adventure anyway there it's more questions there are no solutions in this but there sure hopefully there's some ideas uh, in it or moments in it that people can feel companioned. But that's the idea of it. It's a journey. I mean, all of this is, is, is hedging on that, but it all goes back to that idea of jazz, that feel good round that we all just, it makes life more colorful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so do the crowds feel different when you perform in front of them now versus the way oh. it was before? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when we were first, first back in performing, people were just so happy to be out and be yeah. rubbing elbows with each other and hanging out with their friends. And oh yeah, there was a real, uh, my partner Patrick and I got to do a play last year in England for seven months. And in many instances, the first, the theaters that we were in was, it was their first time back after the pandemic. And honest to God, we could have stood on stage in a tutu and done jumping jacks and they would have been thrilled. <laughs> so that sense of 
you know, coming together in these wonderful venues, being reinvigorated and have life breathe back into them. That was, that was extraordinary. I don't, I mean, I hope that time never comes again in our life, but to feel that wave of uh, exit and we're kind of sort of back to normal, however shaky it may be. Yeah. So, you know, you've been in different artistic incarnations in your career. Mm. How satisfying is this jazz career? It seems, is is it, is it, is it just such a level of freedom and and joy that's almost It's such an adventure. And that is because of Tad Firth. I met Tad about 15 years ago and I had been working with a wonderful music director for 22 years. God, is that, does that math add up? Am I, I guess I am that old. Anyway, whatever the years are, a long time, then a long time. I was to do a thing in New York and with a bunch of other artists and they said, but you have to use our music director. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. But of course I said, yes, you know, you always say yes. So I came into the rehearsal studio for day one and here was this kid and I am very quiet, very nice and, you know, very modest. And I thought, well, this this is just not going to go well. Oh, my God. And then he put his hands to the keys. And that was it. That was it. I was like, oh, my God, who is this person? Ted is. And also the the music director that I had been with uh, all those years, Ron Abel, just a chosen family, wonderful guy. He's the first to say that his, you know, his go to sweet spot is not jazz. and, And it is for Ted. And I was really kind of longing to move in that direction. So. With full blessings, I, I, I graduated, you know, on to Ted. And I mean, any, every time I get to work with him, we have a gig coming up next week. Yeah. In a week. Yeah. In New York. Um, it's just, uh, you know, all you have to do is climb up to the high dive and then just go. And you never really entirely know what's, what's going to happen. It's never the same twice, which is one of the, great glories of jazz you sort of absorb the moment and spew it back out to the world but ted ted does things with songs well i think because i've made my way primarily as an actress i'm i i approach the songs largely as a as a storyteller yeah and ted plays the subtext of the lyric yeah you know he not a single note is random it's it's uh it's and he's either augmenting the thought you've just stated or introducing the thought you're about to to state uh or you know echoes the thought i mean he uh and he breathes with you i asked him that one time i said so how do you how do you figure out you know what to play and he said it's all about the breath he (laughs) feels i mean now we've had so many years together he can sort of he feels you breathing and in that breath for the singer ergo they're not making a sound, so it's it's up to him then to you know to move the moment forward, to hold it in silence, to anyway augment it in whichever way he he sees fit. Yeah, we had I had an experience with him once. We'd been on the road for a, a while, and and um, this was our last night of this particular show, and we had a bass drummer and percussionist. The drummer and percussionist were young guys, energetic, good. And I I knew that they were they were in absolute awe of Ted, you know. And 
and a little bit, uh, well, they wanted to do, we all wanted to do well for Ted. Sure. So, but, but they in particular, and because they were new, you know, new to him and they were blown away by his charts and what he was doing and all that. It's generosity of spirit. So there was a penultimate number that we had that was a big percussion, big drum solo, then percussion solo. And I love doing this song. And But last night and all, and I knew that these guys hadn't left it all on the table. They were good. The audience didn't know the difference. I turned to them and I, and I said, take your shirts off. Yeah, give me everything you got. And Ted said, do you want, do you, what do you want, Linda? Faster? And I said, no, more. It's like, oh, my God. So Ted stood up and he took his jacket off and he folded it and he put it down. He took the music off the music stand, lay the music stand down, and then pushed it up. So now he's peering into the strings of the of the piano, still standing. And he dove into the piano with his hands. His wedding ring is banging on the strings, and it's this beautiful sort of harmonic, speedo harp-like sound. And he's off. He takes... Ed is going. He's not sure where he's going, but he's he's off on a journey. I turn to the boys, and they're like, oh, my God, okay. And after, you know, a couple, of, maybe a minute or whatever it was of this beautiful sort of ethereal sound, Ted looked at the boys and nodded the, nodded the percussionist in, and off he went. Oh, my God, I get chills talking about it. It was so <laughs> exciting. That's cool. And then he invited the drummer in, and then eventually on that, and then he went back, back to playing the piano. They did all of their solos. Then it was on that that I got to start singing. And it was it was as close to being in outer space, I think, as I will ever come. I felt like, like we were on a magic carpet ride in the music of the spheres. It was something other. It was an act of total trust in the and the proof that harmony exists. It was a metaphysical, existential moment that was beautiful. And I talked to him about it the next day, and I, I just, I said, you know, what, what was that? Is you know, is that where you live? And he looked at me and he said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. that's what you get when you work with with Ted. You know, that's where he's willing to go, and uh, and make the necessary sacrifices to, you know, to get there. He puts in so many, so many hours of work a week, a day, you know, with with so many people. And he gets stretched because of that, I think, in so many different directions. It's it's profound. Absolutely, it's profound. And that's the reason why you surround yourself around stellar people like that. Mm -hmm. Brilliance, you know. So the new album... It's wonderful as usual and <laughs> continues this lineage of work that you're putting out. Where's the best place for people to get it? Any live shows, anything that's coming up, previous work, where can they go? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, September 11, uh, the Green Room in New York, November 4th at Crazy Cox uh, in London, uh, October 18, uh, I'm part of a of a show with uh, Tom Wopat uh, at the Rose Hall in New York Jazz at Lincoln Center and then again November 19th uh, at, at Dizzy's uh, so anyway so there's that and then it's where is it, wherever you find music these days I don't know there are hard copies that you can get through my website lindapearl.com but also Amazon iTunes Spotify you can listen for free um, 
So it's all all the usual places. It's everywhere. Linda, it's a joy. Thank you. I'm so good. I'm just so glad. I, I remember thinking with all these conversations during the pandemic, I can't wait to talk when this whole thing's over with. So right now, there's a level of this that's so satisfying, cathartically full circle. So it's so great to catch up with you. Best of luck with this album and keep Thank on you. putting it out there. Well, you too. Thanks for doing what you do. It's very, very, very helpful. Standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest singers in Los Angeles, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. Linda is one of our favorites around here, and we thank her for coming back to Neon Jazz. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Jazz.